at the base level, I talk about three different sources of threats that confront every business. And in quick succession, they are catastrophes, ignorance, and ineptitude. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. Today, I am joined by Matt Davis. Matt is an attorney, entrepreneur, uh, helps businesses out with, with a bunch of stuff, and he's call, talking to us today from Enid, Oklahoma, the heart of the Midwest. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. And uh, my daughter manages our podcast bookings, and she's really excited to get me on Grow Your Damn Business. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> and it's nice to have that delegated out within, within the fam. So that, that's, uh, we're happy that she uh, reached out and uh, found us or we found you. Uh, so it should be a good conversation, which I'm really looking forward to. So, Matt, uh, the first thing that's obviously attractive about your profile is the name of your book. And I know it's a few years old at this point in time, but perhaps you just give us a little bit about the book and then maybe we'll go through your journey of opening up your firm uh, many years ago. But got to tell me about The Art of Preventing Stupid. Fantastic name. Yeah. Resonates, right? So let's go there first. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're in business and you don't um, get comfortable with this one thought, which is, I can't believe how stupid I was two weeks ago you know, then, then you're not growing and you're not doing anything. So true. Now, so true. Oh, it is. I was just crunching a bunch of marketing numbers and, and, you know, we consider ourselves in our space, really good marketers and, or at least marketing managers. And I was like, how did I miss this metric? And I'm not even going to tell you what it is because I'm so embarrassed about it, but okay. So entrepreneurs, you know, they are so good at, you know, charge ahead. They all think they're 13 feet tall and bulletproof. And it takes that sort of swagger to have the guts to go out and start a business when, you know, I've heard various statistics, but most of them fail, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, as a business lawyer and, and, and as we talked, you know, I'm also an entrepreneur. I mean, we, we grow a growth Davis business law, our, our main business, is an Inc. 5000 company has been for three years, okay? So yeah. I come at this from both angles. But as a business lawyer, I'm like, guys, would you just quit doing the stupid crap? Would you just slow down and hit the brakes? And you know, one of our taglines is, if you will deal with your vulnerabilities, you can capitalize on your opportunities. And I'm not just talking out of school, you know, there is, Authorities such as a guy named Jim Collins. Absolutely. Who, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, there's, let's let's all give that guy some props. Yeah. But um, in Great by Choice, he talks about the 10x leaders and how one of their great strengths is understanding productive paranoia and how to do it. Which means they're constantly going, "What the hell can go wrong?" You know, what yeah. can go wrong and how do we deal with it? And guess what? Entrepreneurs suck at that. They just do. It's so funny. And you said how to deal with that, that paranoia. My, my latest theme here, and I've actually talked about it on a couple of episodes recently uh, of, of the show here, is 
not only have, but really, what are the right who's to deal with it, right? Who do you have in place? And that that's more of a Dan Sullivan and, and Ben Hardy. Uh, they, they wrote the book, Who Not How, together, and I'm in, right in the middle of it, so it's very top of mind for me right now. But that's, you know, yeah, so maybe you don't have those answers. That's that vulnerability you're talking about. And then go find a who that does. Right. Yeah. What, what, where is it that there is a gap there? And don't be afraid to go out there and find that who you don't need to do it all. And certainly shouldn't be doing it all if you want to advance your business 10x as you're talking about, because there's no other way to do it if you don't find the right who's to help you solve all the hows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Which, good learning in there. Which, you know, we in, in the art of preventing stupid um, at, at the base level, I talk about three different sources of threats that, that confront every business. And in, in quick succession, they are catastrophes, ignorance, and ineptitude, okay? And what those are is those are, bro- those are broader categories that yeah. are, are brainstorming tools to go, number one, with catastrophes. Look, you could call it sucker punches. You can call it uh, disasters, whatever. You know, I picked the word, so I put catastrophes on there. Yep. You have to ask yourself in an organized way, you know, where where is the universe going to come out of the nowhere and punch me in the nose? Okay. And by the way, it's not really an out of nowhere thing because the same crap happens over and over and over again. You lose a key employee or the market tanks. Now, every now and again, you'll get a really weird one like COVID. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But most of the time, it's the same crap over and over again that people were a little negligent in, in dealing with. And the way that you deal with those is you either, you know, you identify them and then you either prevent them or you prepare for them, just depending on if there's something you can do anything about, right? Yep. Interesting. And I, that would, I was going to, just to give you an example on that. So uh, also a business owner along with my coaching practice that, that I have and, uh, bought uh, into a franchise. It's uh, haircuts in color. So yes, for those watching, bald guy with a haircut franchise, don't don't judge. We, we, no judgments here. But um, interesting, bought into that and said, well, this has got to be internet proof, right? This 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 is not this is brick and mortar. You got to come get your haircut. Should be good. Which, yes, it was proof, but my catastrophe was COVID. <laughs> like, you can't do close services in that environment. So we actually spent that time having to retool our business, ironically, in a, in a way wow. it actually helped us out. But that's a catastrophe, right? Tough to prevent for those things, but it's going to happen. And how do you make sure that when it does happen, you've got some sort of planning to come back around from it? And, and obviously many businesses did, did not face something so major like that. So just, just a little yeah. personal anecdote along with that catastrophe theme. That's a great theme, actually, to, to understand yeah, well, that, yeah, some of that. Plan. And you know, what I'm setting up with, with these three categories um, is a brainstorming session with your team, with your leadership team, most likely. Like, because we will dovetail in with a lot of EOS and, and scaling up coaches um, to work with work on this because you know EOS scaling up are are really designed for strategic planning, and our our thought process is to plug in and say, okay, let's also look at the at the negative side. Let's look at, if we're talking about SWOT analysis, let's take a look at the weaknesses and threats yeah. a little bit harder in a, in a more organized way um, and, and put some priority on dealing with them. Basically, let's play some defense while we're playing some offense. Um, that second category is, is ignorance. And you sort of unknowingly 
um, hit on it earlier because in business, and I did too, it's like if you're not constantly growing, if you're not constantly improving, you're really probably going backwards because your competition's catching up. Absolutely. And so the idea of, ignor of ignorance, and it's a provocative word. It's, I mean, it's meant to be kind of insulting or agitating, right? We're not yeah, supposed absolutely. to Yeah, absolutely. We'll call it out, right? I mean, again, might as well get in front of those things rather than put them in a corner and, and hope you don't ever deal with them. So yeah, get, get in front of it. I love it. You know, business is about taking responsibility for things, and it's about let's let's identify the skill sets we need to go acquire. And, you know, whether it's by bringing in an expert or, or learning them ourselves and let's go figure that out and let's get real serious about what is between us and our goals. And that, that is why I like that idea of how stupid was I two weeks ago? Because it's like, okay, if I'm learning something, man, I'm better. I mean, I'm so proud of myself and embarrassed at the same time with the numbers I was crunching today. But, um, you know, and the thing is too, the resources available to us today, I mean, you're probably old enough like me to remember the Dewey Decimal System, right? Remember it, had to deal with it. I think I, in college, I, I took a class in trying to find books using it. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, remember how world. hard it was to find stuff? And now it's like, okay, let's get on the Google or the Bing and bang, bang, bang. And man, you yeah. know, the, the resources out there are psychotic. So, you know, the answer to dealing with your ignorance is go get educated you know first identify the skill sets you need and then go get it or go get the right person the right expert to plug in and help you and third one by, by the way is just is is ineptitude which is really just slacking off you know it's when you know what to do and you haven't built the system or the discipline to make it happen consistently now you're going to see that source of your threats come to fruition. And by the way, you know, by fruition, I mean a problem or, a, or in, in our world, a case yeah. when you are a more mature business, yeah. because when you're, you're younger, you're trying a smaller, newer business, you're trying to figure things out. But once you get old, you know, a lot of people will rest on their laurels and get the snot knocked out of them. Well, yeah, you can't, can't allow that to happen. You, you mentioned a little bit, but we, we just call it on our own on our own journey to mastery. That that learning journey, you can't ever you ever stop. You're never going to have your arms around it. There's going to be something out there, and if you're not doing it, you're right. Your competitors are doing it, or the next company coming up behind you is, is doing it, and, and that will not allow you to move forward. So you've got to be thinking about okay, where am I going to get that resource? Is it in the form of a coach? Do I need someone to help come in and teach me a new operating system? Do I need to go out and get a consultant to come in and share this with me? Do I need a different person on my team to do that? You, if you're not thinking like that all the time, you're going to get passed. And just one of the things that we talk to entrepreneurs about time and again is taking those moments to actually think about the business in, in other, and not just worrying about today, but, but take a step back and take some consideration. What are those threats that you've outlined there on the negative side, but also on the positive side, what are those steps that I need to take? And, and freeing up the mind a little bit. It's almost like creating a little white space in the mind to be able to do that. And, and so often you're so much in a hurry while you making sure the widgets get out the door or the service is delivered or you know whatever needs to get done gets done. And that, uh, that you don't take that time as an owner to, to do that. And you miss out on so much when you, when you don't take that time. 
when, when you're not spending the time to reflect on, on what's what's next for you. Um, and, you know, yeah, what you're yeah, talking well, about is exactly it's, that. It's Michael Gerber. Are you working on the business or in the 100%. business? You know, there's, yep. there's your classic catchphrase. I mean, that's yep. what I was doing today. Hey, and by the way, in a nutshell, that's that's one of the main, but that's the main lesson with some more meat on the bones in art of preventing stupid. And that's, that's the lesson that really gets taught there. Um, and then I'm working on my next book. I've, I wrote it two years ago. I've just got a few things going on, so I haven't gotten around to publish it. Um, but you know, we teach, as, as one of our core strengths, people how to brainstorm and then deal with their vulnerabilities. So, but again, we're, we're growing a business while we're at it. Do, do we have a similarly catchy title? Can we talk about that here? Uh, it's, it's not so much fun. I think this one's just the strong protected business. You know, okay. Got it. So, it's, it's, but you know, it's aspirational. That's sure. what everybody wants. They want yeah. a, bu- a business that, you know, is Teflon that the problems are just going to fall off of. So let's go. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go back just a little bit. You've obviously opened up your firm a while back. I, I saw that you did, did work elsewhere first. So just talk to me a little bit about the decision to go out on your own. You mentioned it. You've got to have some of that egos, some of that bulletproof type thought process about going out there and doing it. So tell me just about the decision making for you at that time. And, uh, you know, what, what, what happened? And we'll let's talk about sort of that journey along the way. Yeah, well, OK, so firm wise, I, I had a midlife crisis and decided to start a law firm. Um, but, you know, previously I had left a, a decent sized law firm and went out on my own because I just got sick of them because, you know, law firms are horribly run. They're basically a fraternity house. Um, and they're, I'm generalizing, of course. But there, you know, I learned so much about how not to run a business from working in an established law firm that I'm really sort of thankful for those eight years. And um, then I worked by myself for, I guess, nine years and had a good practice that provided a great life. But, you know, it was ruining my health because I was just working so hard. And I, I had a really sophisticated marketing strategy for that business in that, I wasn't in the phone book. I didn't have a web page. And if you wanted to talk to me, you had to know my number or get it from a friend. So uh, super sophisticated. Get it. Why, yeah, people, I mean, why is my know, phone not ringing? Why is this not happening? Well, it, it, <laughs> I was, you know, I was busy as I could, as I could stand to be. I mean, I didn't want it to ring anymore, but you know, but it was too much work. And, you know, I was in Michael Gerber phrase, the, the consummate technician, yeah. And, you know, management didn't take much and I dang well didn't have to go find any more business. But um, I stumbled into a law firm coaching company really absolutely by accident. And they introduced me to some other guys and, and, and women. Yeah. And I was like, well, OK, I'll go start a law firm. So uh, I went down to the um, bank and got my old paralegal and said, hey, Jamie, let's go start a law firm. And we bought this beautiful 1915 house that I'm standing in now and uh, and uh, started a law firm. And we didn't know what the hell we were going to do. I mean, we were a, we knew general practice law in an right. overgrown prairie town. And we just niched down. One of, one of our coaches said, hey, Davis, you know business law as well as anybody we work with. And I said, OK, we're Davis Business Law, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, good to get that niche early on. That's so, so critical, man. I just, that is something, once again, another lesson time and time again, right? The more that you can narrow your focus to get really, really good 
at that focus, the better off you're going to be. And if you're trying to be all things to all people and, and serve multiple masters like that, it, it's just, it, the energy is going to get dissipated. It's going to be really hard to, to, to make, make a go of it and, and trying to respond to every customer inquiry, customer need, or, you know, you've got a good client say, can you do this for me? You say yes too many times, uh, you're, you're going to get spread out too thin, right? And I, I'm just curious, did, did you ever get asked? Uh, so Davis Business Law, but did you ever have a, a client that you really liked that asked you to take on something that was really outside that core focus that, that you had developed? Every single day. <laughs> I could, t- could tell by the look on your face as I was posing that question, where, where, where it was going. So did, did oh, you I succumb? Did, I got did, yeah, let's get a story. Let's get a story. I got to tell you this. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, I'm a big fan of EOS. And I work with lots of EOS um, companies. And, and three of my uh, members in my EO forum are EOS. Sure. Companies. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very great. We have a great relationship with EO. Yeah. We run scaling up. Okay. Um, just almost by chance, but I, but I'm always looking over the fence, going, "Damn, that grass is green over there." <laughs> and, but, it's all, so, hey, you have a system. We we always say, "Look, you obviously work with EOS. That's what I'm going to promote." But if, at the end of the day, if you run a business, you've got to have an operating system and you've got to have a coach. And if you if you're not starting with those things, you're not running your business. You're going to get you're, you're going to get going to fall behind and ultimately get caught. So not to yeah. interrupt you, but you got to ha- you got to have it right. You, you got to have those things in place. Agreed. And I was, and so you asked me about the niching down. Yeah, yeah. I was at uh, the last big live conference Fern Harnish put on for Scaling Up. There were two law firms there, us and a law firm from Canada. And they had the greatest tagline ever. If you need a lawyer, we have one for that. And I was like, oh my God, guys, did you have a worse marketing strategy? Uh, yeah, but, but that's a thought, right? I mean, be, just be wherever you, someone is, it's, it's tempting, right? It's, how can you not be tempted at, you know, depending whatever stage your growth at? Well, I, yeah, sure. I can do that. Oh, I'll, I'll go there. I, um, not related to this, but, but talk, talk to a gentleman in a different business and, and was getting asked that question. He said, oh, we should just go do that. And then, and went over and, and created it and immediately realized, well, that was a really bad idea. Like waste of money. He was it was in in one market. Someone asked about some adjunct services. Decided to do it, and then had to fold up that. Whole thing. It was just we you know chasing the shiny object or you know whatever you want to describe it as. But it's you know it's it's, it's not out there. So what? Well, how did you resist it? Right. So you you see those examples out there. You've obviously probably experienced other businesses that you've worked with that have done it. How did you resist? Um, you know, again, Collins talks about having your hedgehog and, and just stay in there and stay yep. there. And by the way, we, when we started out, you know, we probably spent six months doing general practice. And as we were growing, um, because we were spinning off some of my work and accepting more work, it was hard to train attorneys to do everything that I had developed the skill sets in over 20 years in the law business. And so we just finally said, no, we're just going to niche down and we're going to stay there. So, you know, we did have a little bit of hand on the burner of going, uh, yeah. But the other thing is it makes marketing so easy because then you can just connect yourself with the clients that, that want what you do and you can tell them your story in a way that they're going, oh, yeah, that's exactly the company I need to work with. That, that that story and having that as part of your marketing strategy so 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 critical right no, knowing that we actually use the word niche but knowing knowing that niche of, of what you're going after and, and getting really targeted and doing that is going to make you so much more effective because 
particular study, it's not like there's a wealth of dollars there to invest in marketing. You've got to, you're, you're sacrificing something to invest those dollars in marketing and or turning all the money that you're getting from current clients into that. So you, you got to spend it wisely. You, you can't, if you're trying to chase a bunch of different things at the same time, that those dollars are not going to stretch as well. And, and that's what we see a lot of times, particularly early entrepreneurial stages is, you know, how do I make the best use of the finite amount of uh, resources that I've got to, to, to make a, to get mo- go of it in the marketing space. So, yeah. And, and you have to tell the story. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just kind of out in the open all the time as you figure it out, but yeah, yeah. we just lost a bid deal on a, a good general counsel gig for us um, because the other law firm had a specialized landing page that said they did transportation law. And we don't have a, spe- you know, so they have a calling card, basically a brochure that they do specialized transportation law. And I'm like, these dummies don't know this any better than we do. Um, you know, I, I've done it all for years. And Applegate has done 12 years in the, you know, trucking defense trenches. And, you know, we, you know, we got a great team. Dude. These guys don't have anything on us, but, you know, it wasn't there. We lost a deal. I'm like, guys, we got to do some better landing pages. Yeah. Telling yeah. about our specialties. Make, make, sure, make sure that story is out there and is told so that when the time comes, it's there. So I, a couple of questions for you. So when you started that, you, you know, you've obviously got experience and in a much different place now than when you started said you didn't know what, what if you could go take what you know today and go back then what might you have done differently early on you said six months general before you get built that niche is there any other sort of real lessons learned that you'd love to go back and tell that self and prevent that stupid if you will borrow in front from your book and say boy i wish you know, wish i knew then what i've been able to to know now through all the experiences and learning that that i've done mm. you know the thing i always talk about um, and, I, and I was just talking to a cousin of mine, he's 18 years younger, and he's getting ready to buy a business, is pay a lot of attention up front um, learning what your word problem is. And, okay, so that's kind of a plop down. What the hell's a word problem, right? But, yeah. and, you know, we all hated word problems, <laughs> right? In school, everybody hated Jane is driving 25 miles an hour and has to get to Hackensack, New Jersey. That's right. And she's 100 miles. You know, how long is it going to take her, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, there was a practical reason they did that to us, which people don't like to talk about. And that is because most of success in life is built on word problems. Okay. If you want to lose weight, it's, you know, in large part in the simplest fashion, you know, have a calorie deficit per day times whatever, you know, gets you whatever weight loss. It's it's things like that that matter, or, you know, saving however many dollars per day gets you to the goal. And, um, and I'm looking up at my whiteboard now, and, you know, some of, the, my, some of my word problem is quantitative and some of it's qualitative um, in the sense of, you know, hire A players, right? Yeah. Um, simple, simple enough, but, you know, that's maybe a foundational thing. And, you know, two is get leads. You know, I, we have to have opportunities. That's what Absolutely. that's like. Yeah. That's the $5 word for lead. And I know basically, you know, from experience now, and again, going back to, I wish I would have known to pay attention to this earlier because all of the quantity, all of the, well, really all of them are the things that you have to measure so you can manage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And, that's you know, it's, 
That's what we find. So, so you hit right on something that, that, that I love to talk about. I actually got asked this question a while back about of EOS is, is a bunch of simple tools and that that we can that we put into practice for clients. But someone said, "What's the what's the favorite one?" And to me, um, I'm not a crazy data guy, but having a scorecard that actually you can go back to to take a look at what's going on in that business week to week, quarter to quarter, and having that in place. Um, right, entrepreneurs, they're visionaries. Their idea. Men and women, they want, they've got something that's really creative. It's a service or a product they want to bring to market. But the measurement around that is when that gets missed, then you're just running the thing by instinct, which can be good, right? Made us really strong instincts and, and some emotion. Great. I've got a lot of, you know, can't, can't stop me. I'm moving forward. Total optimist, whatever those things are. But at the end of the day, you got to know what's working, what's not. What are the efforts you're putting into? What are you not? And, and, and that measurement tool so, so critical. And when I introduce this data component into the, to, to some businesses are like, oh, yeah. And then when they get away from it, they're like, oh, why is it not working? I'm like, well, are, are we measuring those things? <laughs> if it's that important, do we have an idea wow. of what it is that you're trying trying to accomplish week in, week out? So at, that, that's it. Spending a lot of time with clients and making sure you have a scorecard that really is reflective of, of a, the health of your business and what it is that you want to measure is so critical. So sounds like you've Preach learned it, brother that Scott. Yeah. Preach it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's and because guess what? You know, at, the more you do it, the better you are going to get at, at understanding it. And, and you know, what, you know, you're talking about scorecard and I'm just talking about the components of it and, you know, yeah. figuring out what they are, measuring them. And that's what I was doing today with our our marketing metrics um and we have you know for a law firm i mean we have really pretty sophisticated marketing metrics nice. um our we work with a national um marketing company and i think we drive them crazy because we actually measure stuff and, and by measure stuff i mean measure qualified leads and they, you know they yeah. come to me and are like we're driving traffic and i'm like i don't give a rat's ass about your traffic because traffic doesn't necessarily mean qualified leads. You need to care about my data because my data is your success. And, and you know, we share yeah. it with them. I'm not being petulant. I'm not sure, being yeah. uncollaborative. I'm just like, guys, it's that's where the rubber meets the road and everything else is rubbish. Yeah. Boy, that, that resonates so much. Uh, my, my little small business that, you know, we, it's a franchise. So we, we go back to, and they'll tell us about, hey, we drove this, we drove that. I'm like, okay, that was two or three clients over the course of the month. Let me tell you what we're driving through our own local marketing efforts and, and the results there. So, right, I, I'm same same kind of drill. Like, don't tell me some story. Like, what are the facts behind what it is that you're saying that you're doing? Because if you really pull back the onion, the dollars I'm spending, they're not netting me what, what I'm able to do on my own from there. Well, I have this back and forth with my franchise ownership uh, but all the time because it's not we're not in sync. <laughs> and they're giving yeah. me a line and I'm like, no, I actually have the, we actually have the numbers here, right? We, we can actually see what's going on. We know exactly where our business is coming from month in, month out. Um, but if you don't own it, no one else is going to do it for you, right? You've got to stay on top of it. You've got to make sure that you, I've got a yeah. good understanding of that flow. Um, all right. So uh, I always like to kind of go to, we talked a little bit about wh where you've been. Let's, wh wh where are you going next, right? So, so now you've, you've, you've got your niche. You said you've written the book, not released yet, but just from your, from your business practice and, and where you are today, like what, anything on the horizon, what are you thinking about it in terms of your next evolution? If there is one, where, where, where are you heading? Um, yeah, we are in, uh, we're in eight markets right now and just for our big, hairy, audacious goal, half, half for fun and half for, uh, you know, we suffer a little ambition. So we're going to go to 30 markets by 2030. Awesome. 
And, um, you know, we're, we're hiring right now. We are very selective in our hiring. Um, we are devotees of both uh, Jeff Smart's Who, and then we use uh, Mark Murphy's Hiring for Attitude. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic book. Um, and, you know, our ads look insane in in the legal space because, you yeah. know, most law firm ads read like, would you like to wear a gray suit and be a douchebag to humanity? And, <laughs> and, and ours... And they do. I mean, that's so classic though. Well, look, hey, and you're creating something, right? It's, it's a culture and you want to attract those that are going to get the culture. Like I can already tell you in our short time here to go, like, okay, do I want to work with this guy? People, not everyone's going to want to do that, right? Not everyone's going to have that vibe. You got to, you got to find those that are on the same page with you that, that share those core values that share the things that you care about. They're, they're, They're only going to succeed in that way. If you bring, you bring on that guy that's looking for the buttoned up, whatever formal approach it doesn't sound like he's going to fly in davis business law it's not going to work no, not going to no, work and you know we we hire really smart really sure. good really hard working lawyers i mean yeah we just turned down a guy in a market that we want to go into uh, we got to the altar with him and we were like this guy doesn't want to work hard yeah. and you know we're hard working i'm like you know if you don't want to work hard don't come play on our team because that's yeah. that's one of our inherent core values it's not yeah. one of our four stated ones but it's because it's just so damn obvious. And um, ticket to entry is what we, we call those, right? That, that's just your ticket to entry value. <laughs> it's like, okay, you got hard work, but but really the, the type of person that, that you've got in, going back to Jim Collins, we borrow that in the US, right? right person, right seat. So one right person, they got to have that core value. You got to be synced up there because it's going to, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb if you're not. And then you're hiring for that technical skills. That's that right seat part. They got to know their stuff. Right. They've got a, you're talking about making sure that they've got that high quality, whether it's education experience, whatever you're looking for, or the specific expertise in in a particular line of business. But both are important, right? And they have to go together. So, right person, right seat, bring them both on board. That's how you, that's how you make go. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, Yeah. we're, you know, we are actively hiring, actively growing, and we map it out. I mean, we map it out with a, a growth budget. And we figure out what we're going to do every year. And then we go make it happen. That's a really good trick to do. Most, you know, most companies look at budgets sort of like a limiting thing. You know, these are for controlling expenses. And we, we draw them, you know, we draw them up every year as a predictive um, thing. As as a predictive tool. And we look, okay, you know, here's our expenses. And we, we, we want to keep those within profit proper profit margins but we're like okay you know last year here's where we were this year this year we we're shooting for six million as our revenue goal and you know jamie's our jamie does our budget she's our firm administrator and you know she she's off by one percent right now Come yeah, on, Jamie. That's right. Yeah, come on, Jamie. You know, get, get with it. You're actually, you know, our revenue right now is actually one and a half percent over where nice. we wanted to be. Now, All right, you're our, allowed to be off in that that side. You're that's that's an allowable. Well, our lot. expenses are actually down by they're in like nice. the ninety eight percent range. So it's like, you know, and when you get good at that, and when you get good yeah. at at under, you know, having good predictive numbers, man, your confidence is really high that you can really do high. things. Well. You may not be operating on EOS, but you keep talking about all the things that we talk about. So we're at least synced up on that side because you're exactly right. Getting good at predicting quarterly, annually, 
every three years, right? That's, uh, you know, you've got your traction book. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Right. Perfect. So, but that's what we're talking about, right? Is, is you gotta, you've got to get good at that. And I'm not going to try to put you in the spot, but I mean, my father was an attorney, so, so I get it. Law firms, not always the most well-run out there. Like what percent of firms are actually going through this exercise? And my guess, it's a pretty low percent that actually have an idea of where they're headed over the next 90 days, next year, next three years. And as you stated, that that longer term goal by 2030, my guess is that doesn't exist for many law firms. They're just kind of taking it as it comes. Uh-huh. Let's round it to the closest whole number. I'm ready for this. So this could be a good one. Zero. <laughs> right. And- but look, that's how you get successful. You're in the top, whatever, 1%, top 5% of all law firms by having a plan that you're working towards and then measuring against that plan. It sounds simple, but my goodness, the discipline to do that, it is a struggle. It is absolutely a struggle time again. And that's why you've got to have a system you can fall back on. You've got to have a coach that's going to help hold you accountable. You've got to be an accountable person with some discipline. Like if those things aren't there, that business is only going to, it may work, but it's by accident almost that that it's working, right? You're, you're not doing anything yeah. intentional to make it well, go of it. And don't think that it's lost on me um, how fortunate I am that all my competition is so poorly run. <laughs> now, hey, also, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, you can only take care of yourself, but you're right. You're setting yourself apart by by doing the things you're doing and by the learning that you're taking on. I think we probably referenced a half dozen different authors you know, just in this conversation. So obviously that's how you keep moving forward. Read the other stuff. Take what you like. Put it aside that you don't move forward on to yeah. the next one. That's how you yeah, and, and and by the way, you know, don't think that I'm not aware that you know the American Bar Association is, has proposed rule to allow non-attorney ownership yep. of law firms, and I'm going, damn, I better have our stuff together because yeah. you know the the pros are coming our way. That's going to be a new and interesting time. I'm actually kind of excited about that. I, I, from, for a couple different perspectives, but it, you know, bringing the, getting out of the way, way running through a partnership and actually running like a business, that transition that we have with a lot of our clients, it's a tough transition, but when you get on the other side of it, your business is that much better off. But getting from the old partnership model to actually running it like a business model, that, that is, that's, that's a tough change for, for mm-hmm. sure. For folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been great, man. I really enjoyed this conversation, Matt. So thank you for carving out some time on a Friday afternoon yeah. to speak with me. Great stuff. Great stuff. Before we let you go and give us a little bit of a plug for your business and what you're on and uh, hopefully get some folks to, to grab your book, I'd like to do five fast questions with all my guests. They have nothing to do with anything. So I'm going to give you a chance to give me five fast questions. So first and foremost, what is your favorite team, sports team or athlete? I don't care. I absolutely do not care. You're the first to give me an I don't care. I've had all sorts of things, but just an I don't care. Well, hey, all right. I really, you know, I, I used to be, you know, I, I I live in Oklahoma. It's my home state, and I'm right. happy to be here. But I used to care about OU football because, yeah, you sure. know, that's naturally. That's, as, yeah. as we like to say, yeah, we have a pro team. They just play in the NCAA, right? Right, right. But I'm so sick about all the changes and about the move, you know, at OU moving to yep. SEC. I'm like, I just finally quit caring. I do okay. not care anymore. So I'm listening as I don't care. Uh, so that's fine. We're going to have it. You're going to be the first one in that category. So how about this? Last meal, so guilt-free last meal, what would it be? What's what's the favorite food you have for that last meal? I like fish, which hurts my oaky street cred 
I was really? going to say, we're in the middle of, you know, I was thinking yeah. we're talking about a nice big porterhouse or something. No, yeah. it goes with, with fish. You're throwing me off. I, I like fish. You know, maybe that's my Irish quarter. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I like fish and I, you know, I like to eat, I like New Orleans sort of. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, you get a lot of that down in Texas or Florida. Sure. So, yeah. How about a favorite vacation spot or maybe even a, a bucket list vacation spot, a place that you'd like to get to? You know, I spend um, a lot of time river kayaking mm-hmm. with with my sons and whatnot. Um, and, you know, we've, we've done a lot of the rivers. in, And there's some really nice, fast rivers in middle America. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, we'll do that a lot. And so that's that's kind of my favorite easy getaway. Yeah. Um, you know, gosh, where do I want to go back to? Or where do I want to go? I've got Yosemite on my list this year. I haven't been there. Yeah. Um, Alaska. Um, you know, I, I, I want to go a lot of places and uh, getting ready to do some more of that. 30 so. markets by 2030. That's what's going to allow that sort of thing to happen, right? I like it's it. Boy, I like it. And it's fun going places. There are yeah. so many just awesome towns all over America. I mean, I've been, last month or two, I've been in Omaha and Knoxville and then Huntsville, Alabama. And you know, Huntsville's great. Nobody knows Beautiful. about Huntsville. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. So um, favorite uh, movie that you like to rewatch or maybe even a streaming show that you're, that you're watching or really diving deep into anything on the entertainment side that uh, mm. you want to talk about? Well, you know, just for TV, we, we turned off our TV 20 some years ago and now I can't even turn on our TV. <laughs> now we, we do have, you know, we have it now, but it's not hooked to cable. Right. Right. When, when I want people, this is actually almost, I hope you find this funny. So, you know, I have five kids, three of them are still at home. And when I can find a remote control, it is usually disassembled. And then it usually has no batteries. And then I, I, I can't, I mean, there is so much resistance to turning on the TV. That <laughs> making it easy for you. No, I, I just, I, I think the last time I turned on the TV was last year when I was sick for three days. Um, because I, it just makes me so mad that by the time I get it figured out, you know, I, I, I you're throwing I, off my five fast questions here, man. I'm a weirdo. You're... I mean, I'm a weirdo. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not, uh, but you know, I'll tell you, I, I saw some of Spinal Tap the other day, and Spinal Tap is really funny. Look, I have. Uh, yeah. Since you ask, I mean, I have one of my Gibson flying. Bees. Oh, okay, all right. So that, that, that so that's self entertainment right there for those yeah, uh, yeah, for those self-talk. just listening. Uh, Matt shared his uh, Gibson guitar, so we know where he likes to spend his spend his hours. Okay, Matt. One final thing that uh, with a piece of advice or a quote that you go back to time again that you like to share with others, or just something that's always resonated with you when when you need to go back and get a little grounding, you go back to this quote or piece of advice. I got several of them. I'm good at these. Yeah. But here's a new one for all of your audience. And it's the best fertilizer is the farmer's footsteps. And it means get down in your business. Go figure out where the weeds are. Go figure out what's working. And, you know, my mom grew up in Kansas. And you know, it's, it's kind of an old Kansas saying, I think, because that's yeah. kind of mom. And it's like, yeah, that's that's your best fertilizer. You're going to get nice. your best harvest from getting in your business. That's nice. what I said to myself when I dug into a whole dug bunch into of your marketing numbers and yeah. see what the heck is going on. Good for you. 
Good for you. Matt, this has been a, a real treat and a pleasure. I really appreciate uh, your giving us all this time here today. If folks want to hear from you, learn a little more about you, or want to call you up for some, for some advice, how are they going to get a hold of you? Yeah, go. Our website's davisbusinesslaw.com. So just hop over there. And by the way, we've got some pretty cool stuff over in our resources tab. Nice. Um, one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, um, even from startups, like to grab is our strong protected business checklist, which is over there. And we broke it down by about what stage of your business you ought to start caring about some things um, like, you know, succession planning. Who cares when you have a small business? Don't worry about it. You know, like a really small, yeah. but you know, once you get some employees, start caring. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, have them check that out because okay. it's, it's a great tool. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Well, Matt, I'm so glad your daughter reached out. We got hooked up. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate uh, all your time and I wish you uh, nothing but the best. Thank you for joining us on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. Great name. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great one. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Okay, bye-bye now. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich.com at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast.